Hi, welcome to Exploring the Legion of Free Will. My name is George Ortega. I'm here with my special guest, Nick Vale. Nick, great to see you again. All right. I'm meditating is, a little bit. This is episode number 190. We've been at this for like over four years, almost five years. And the title, the theme of this episode is Free Will, Self-Blame, Punishment, and Depression. Basically, in this, in this episode, we're going to explain to you why getting this question of free will right is not trivial, it's not inconsequential, it's very important to your health and well-being, to my health and well-being, to the entire world's health and, world, health and well-being. All right, so before we get into this, as we do with every episode, we want you to understand what we're talking about, what the scientists and philosophers and theologians are talking about when they say that, that we have a free will. You know, before we explain to you why, why we don't and get into why it's very important. So, Nick, start us off. What are these people saying when, when they say we have this absurd notion that human beings have a free will? The quick, easy answer is that your life is up to you. But really what they're saying is you can make a decision outside of one's nature and nurture. Okay, That's excellent. what free will means. Now, let's, let's expand on this. In science, and you know, this is like junior high school science, we're taught human behavior is the result of nature and nurture, our genes and our environment. Okay, so like, if what we do is the result of our genetic makeup and the experiences we have in the world, neither of which we have any control of, especially our upbringing, which, which develops our personality, our character, who we become as, as uh, adults, if none of this, that is up to us, clearly we don't have a free will. Okay, I want to explain free will also in, in terms of like, if we had a free will, we'd have more control over what we do than does a puppet or does a computer. That, that's a very clear way of, of, of understanding what free will means. Now, obviously, we don't have any more control of what we do and say, we may, it may feel to us, it may, we may conclude that we have a free will. For example, like, if we didn't live, let's say we're living, let's say, 400 years ago or so, and we lived in the middle of Kansas, no ocean anywhere around, right? And we're all looking around, we might conclude, oh yeah, the world's flat. Everything I see tells me the world's flat. But if we lived near an ocean, we saw the ships descending into the horizon, if we knew some knowledge of astronomy, whatever, like we do now, we'd know that even though it seems to us like the world's flat, it very clearly, our, our planet is an orb. So basically, so like, it's one thing to kind of like have this illusion of free will and then to understand that, that it's absolutely impossible. Okay, um, actually, since our, since our entire show is about this, let's just dispense with like why this is so important because, you know, this is our theme. So, all right, basically, this free will belief, go on, Nick, explain to the audience, why, does, why is free will belief so harmful to us as individuals and as a society? Well, hopefully, I'm, and I struggle with this too because I'm very emotional and I've lived like 40 years believing in free will until I converted about four years ago. You have to assume if there's no free will that you're always doing the very best you can at the time with the consciousness and the knowledge you have. And also, you don't forget, you can't choose how intelligent you are. So if you made an in, a bad decision in your past or you screwed something up or you're a failure, it's very important to not feel like a failure if you're a failure because your will is not free. And uh, I do struggle with this, but you know, it makes sense that if you did the best you could at the time and everything's predetermined or determined, then in theory you should have no regrets in theory. Uh, 
certainly less guilt and less regrets. But as you know, we're emotional people, so we really need to remind ourselves as much as we can. We could not have done otherwise, and that's important. Excellent. All right, now, what you said is very key because it not only describes how we should see ourselves, it also describes what we believe. In other words, we give lip service to this notion of free will. We say, oh, yeah, we have free will because the church says it, because, like, you know, some nonsensical philosopher says it, but we actually know we don't have a free will. Because, for example, let's say we're a parent, right? And let's say we're one of two parents, and one of the parents is kind of like blaming little Jimmy for, for doing something wrong, right? And let's say Jimmy's mom will say to his dad, you know, stop getting on Jimmy's case. He's doing the best he can. Okay, so like that's a clear, that's a clear explanation of, of that, that we understand that we don't have a free will. We always do the best we can. And again, that's, that, that's not just a demonstration of why that we know we don't have a free will. It's also a very wise philosophy. Okay, um, another, you know, let's go through, as long as we're like going through these expressions we have in our language that tell us that we don't have a free will, um, have you ever heard the expression, um, there but for the grace of God go I? You know, you see a beggar on the street or a homeless person or something. You feel lucky. You know that if you had different circumstances, if you lived a different life, had different parents, you know, didn't have the advantages that you did, you know, you might be that person. And you know it wasn't up to you. You know it was just luck. So like, and we feel grateful for this. So like we get, we really get that we don't have a free will. It's just these philosophers and the theologians that confuse us. Uh, one more thing before we get into this more. Um, there's another expression we have, um, you know, don't judge a person unless you've walked a mile in their, in their shoes. Have you ever heard that? You know, that means like before, because a lot of times one of the harms that we're getting into in this show is like the free will belief causes us to judge other people and causes this this show is actually about self-blame it causes us to blame ourselves to feel and when we blame ourselves we feel bad about ourselves we feel that we need to punish ourselves and that makes us depressed that deprives us of our happiness free will belief is a harmful belief not not only directed toward others but directed toward ourselves so again this expression don't judge another person until you've walked a mile in their show in their shoes tells us that we know that like Yes, if, if we would have experienced what they experienced, we probably would have done the exact same thing. So it's good to not be uh, judgmental you know, toward others and toward us. And that's what this show is about. But bad things can still happen to you with or without free will. I mean, you could be uh, of your own, you know, of not having free will, still get have a tragedy. or So what do you say to those people who, let's say, get hit by a car, have an accident, and there's no free will involved, say it's 100 years in the future, and nobody believes in free will, are you saying they can't be depressed even though life has gone against them? All right, that's a great... you wrote here, free will, self-blame, punishment, and depression. How do you relieve depression without free will? That's a great example. So in other words, like, you know, 100 years from now, let's say everybody gets, nobody has a free will. So somebody's driving recklessly, you know, carelessly and all, they get into an accident, right? they hurt themselves, maybe they hurt their family, they're going to feel bad about it. This doesn't solve everything. You know, this, you know, we're not saying it solves everything. It's not a panacea. But were they have to have believed in free will, you know, they would have blamed themselves for, oh my God, like, you know, it's my fault that I hurt myself. It's my fault that I hurt my, oh, my family. And this would have compounded their suffering so much because, like, it's this element of self-blame. Because when, 
What happens is with self-blame, we're taught as young kids that when we do something wrong, we deserve to be punished. That's another kind of like, you know, negative aspect of this free will belief. And we're taught that as kids, then we integrate it, we incorporate it into our, ourselves as adults. And so like when we do something wrong and we self-blame ourselves, you know, blame ourselves, we're going to want to punish ourselves. And that's where this depression is. So we punish ourselves by saying to ourselves, I don't deserve to feel good because, like, because I, my free will, you know, did something wrong, so I'm going to punish myself. That's what depression is. Depression is anger turned inward. And like, at any given moment, 25% of the American public is mildly depressed. So this isn't an insignificant um, you know, factor or matter. It's hugely important. So you're trying to alleviate depression by people saying the universe did this to me? Exactly. And, and but now you're, you're right. It's I mean, a tough sell. I mean, it makes sense, but it's not going to alleviate. It may alleviate that you should not be depressed that you're depressed. You're just chemicals. You're just depressed. Right. Well, let's, let's, that's my hope. Yeah, but for example, let's say we, we blame ourselves. For example, like, you know, we never got through college. We never married the girl we wanted. We never, like, succeeded to, to the extent we, we wanted. Right. And so like we're blaming ourselves. OK, so if we blame ourselves, we're going to like again, we're going to feel bad about ourselves. That's going to affect our self-esteem. And that's actually going to prevent us as we become depressed over the self-blame. That's going to prevent us from doing other things that we could have done if we weren't depressed. In other words, like if, if a person who 100 years from now doesn't graduate college, doesn't marry the girl of his dreams, doesn't succeed to the extent they want and they know it's not up to them, they're going to feel innocent, completely innocent, so they're not going to feel bad about themselves, they're not going to get depressed, they're going to just look for somebody else who didn't graduate college, who didn't like succeed the way they wanted to, you know, somebody else to fall in love with or whatever. So like it just, it, it just basically, it, it, um, it prevents us from harming ourselves so much more than would otherwise be necessary. Again, it's not a cure for everything. You can still feel terrible, terribly alone or have depression, but it's not your fault. You know, anyway, it's just the truth that free will is an illusion. That's what the show's about. Uh, the implications of free will being an illusion are not really for us to say. We, I believe your show is a newscast, basically. We're announcing the news and why free will is an illusion. The, you know, there's plenty of generations coming after us that can dissect the implications of a no free will or deterministic uh, world. But for you and I to try to figure out all the implications of, you know, that's a little bit too much, I think. We just want to announce that free will is an illusion. All right, well, you make a great point. So Others. how it help? you know, it's not helping me much because I've got about 40 years of believing in free will and four years of not. So, but if, if you're raised without free will, maybe it will help depression and whatever, whatever else you wrote there, self-blame and uh, I can't see, you know. Right, and uh, so, right, you because know, like, when we- We're still on a very ourselves. emotional planet. And you're right, so we can't answer anything. We're, like, in other words, we're introducing this, and we really are. Nick and I have done more to introduce this refutation of free will than any other two people on the planet. Between our meetups, our two shows, our books, you know, we really have done a lot, but we can't do everything. In other words, like, over the next 10, 20, 30 years, people are going to have to get into this in much more detail. You know, how does it prevent self-blame? How does it prevent the punishment that comes from self-blame? But we're getting this started. The reason why this is important to explain how harmful it is, is because a lot of people believe in free will because it makes them feel good. It makes them feel good to think that they have control, fundamental control over their lives, okay? So like in order to convince them that they don't, we have to come up with ways 
to make them realize that fine, it may make you feel good, but it might be like opium or heroin or something where like you take some of these substances and you feel good for a while, but actually it's not in your best interest. It's actually causing much more harm than, than, than good. So basically we're explaining that like, yes, it might feel good to believe you have a free will, but I guarantee you it's causing so much conflict in your life, so much you know, distance between you and the people you love because they're blaming you, you're blaming them because of this free will belief. It's causing so much harm that you're not aware of. So yeah, our show is in part trying to introduce people to the, the harm, not only the harm that free will belief causes, but also the, the happiness, the goodness, the reason, the logic, the intelligence that can result as we overcome this, this belief. Whew. It's important stuff, but the thing is people, like I keep telling you, they don't want to be robbed of their personal accomplishments and personal responsibilities. So you're saying you can feel lucky that you have personal accomplishments. As far as personal responsibility, actions will still have consequences. So you would have what I would call blameless responsibility and still have to, you know, you can't just have, well, what about when people watch the show and say, these two guys are right, but law and order will break down if these guys catch on. Great point. Okay, we hear that a lot. You know, like, if everybody believed, that understood that nobody has a free will, yeah. people would say to themselves, well, you know, I can do whatever I want, and you can't blame me because I don't have a free will. No, we, we may not blame you, but we'll identify you as the source of whatever you know, did, you did with is wrong. Because basically, like, we are hardwired to seek pleasure and avoid pain. So if a person is doing things that are, are impinging upon the other's pleasure, other's enjoyment of life, we're not going to allow that just because it, it doesn't make sense to. So it's not, it's not that we're not going to allow it because we're attributing you know, free will to them. It's, it's we're not going to allow it because we're conditioned to seek pleasure and avoid pain. So the, the, the simple answer, Nick, is yeah, civilization will not break down because we're hardwired to seek pleasure and avoid pain. So what if someone does something and doesn't believe in free will but still feels regretful over it. Uh, that would mean what? Something about the unconscious, right? There would be some reason why they can't stop feeling regret even though they do not believe in free will. All right, this is great because like I've been, I've been dealing with this Me topic, too. you know, since um, the 90s, the 80s probably. It's like you know, you're predetermined to have regret. Right, so yeah, so we, we, understood, we understand this on an intellectual, logical level. We don't have a free will, right, but we've been conditioned so thoroughly by the media, by religion, by our parents, by people who believe in free will, that we're constantly struggling against this. It's kind of like a brainwashing. We've been hypnotized to believe in free will, now we're reprogramming reprogramming ourselves away from this free will belief and it's not easy and it doesn't it doesn't happen overnight in other words that's why like what we're advocating is like eventually when you start teaching it in colleges and nobody does free will in high schools in junior high schools you know and to adults of course because adults need to get it then in 10 20 30 years then a hundred percent of the population at that time might get it and and again like if we're just like a few people trying to like you know understand this truth amidst everybody who's like completely deluded about it that's got to be difficult because everywhere we go we're, we're you know we're confronted with people who are completely deluded so like again in, in 30 years when perhaps a hundred percent of the population gets this it'll be far easier for them to not just get it but apply it to their lives all right so people who get this you know you're saying 
people won't feel, you know, a, a lot of resistances, you know, there's people with personal accomplishments. What about the feeling that, like, you know, we're just animals, you know, we're not human beings then, if we don't have free will? Right. Doesn't, I, isn't that kind of depressing? Well, yeah, but I happen to be a pantheist. In other words, like, a pantheist believes that God and the universe are synonymous. So in other words, like, instead of seeing the universe as a thing, I see the universe as God, this being. Instead of seeing myself as a thing, I see myself as a person. You don't have to like, so you can understand that we don't have a free will and still maintain, as a matter of fact, it even dignifies us because under the free will belief, mm. we're going around every day doing what we want, you know, as little things, you know, <laughs> what we believe we want. But under, what, to the extent we overcome this free will belief, we understand that everything we do is God's will. We're manifesting God's will with every action, with every thought we have. But the conventional thinking is, you know, human beings are different from animals. You're saying, no, that's not true. Well, yeah, and of course, I'm not the first to say it. Darwin's big well, thing. Well, actually, we have consciousness. Right. So even though we don't have free will, we can at least be aware that we don't have free will. Exactly. And we can think in the future. Animals really don't. So we have some differences. Yeah. Fundamentally, what Darwin's thing was that, yeah, like, you know, we evolved from those animals. And yes, we're categorically, we're so different from, so, you know, I, I you know, show me another animal that can do calculus or, you know, yeah. whatever. So, yeah, we're, we're evolved far beyond the rest of the, the animal kingdom, but we still fundamentally are animals. Even more fundamentally, we're particles. We're, we're, we're neutrons. Exactly. All right. All right. Free will versus determinism. Yes. So if you're watching New York, next we're always live every other week, and this is a great debate. We're way ahead of our time. So you don't think... When do you think this will catch on? I think this, this will we're, catch we're on. We're filming this in the summer of 2015. Yeah, this will catch on when a major theatrical release documentary is presented to the world that, that shows people step by step why free will is an illusion, why some of these philosophers that claim that we have a free will are either completely mistaken or they're using a straw man argument, meaning they're, they're defining free will to, they're defining free will to say, all right, we make decisions. No, that is not what this free will debate is about. You know, if it was, Einstein wouldn't have gotten involved in it, Dar wouldn't have it, and, 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 and Freud. So basically, I think a film would do this. I think if, if our TV show in Manhattan would go from a half an hour to an hour, you know, and we, we, we get um, rated on this, um, on Time Warner, you know, there's 500,000 people who subscribe to Time Warner Cable, and our TV show in Manhattan is on Channel 56. The Yankees are, I think, are on Channel 53. So basically, ba to the extent that our show goes from half an hour to an hour, that's going to make a big difference. You're not worried, again, about depressing people taking their personal accomplishments away? You're not worried about right, that? That's a good point. Because I am. The reason I'm not worried is because I have hosted dozens and dozens and dozens of not just discussions, but debates on this. And the point that's very, that, that I've found in almost everybody is like, people will get very clearly the logic why we don't have a free will. You know, if everything is caused, we don't have a free will. If you try to refute that and say certain things are not caused, that doesn't give us a free will either. That is so easy. But they don't accept it. You know, I have had people come to my meetup, my monthly meetup in Manhattan. They come month after month after month, hear the same thing and don't accept it. Why? Because we are hardwired to seek pleasure and avoid pain. It gives them more pleasure to believe that they have a free will right. than to understand we don't. 
And what about curtailing ambition? You don't see this uh, belief as stopping some people from being ambitious? Well, oh, they're going towards pleasure away from pain, so it really doesn't matter. That, that, and like, come on, Einstein. Einstein, you know, Nobel Prize in physics, you know, yeah, relatively. Stephen Hawking, too, also got it. Exactly. You're aware that most people take it both ways. When good things happen, they take credit for it. When bad things happen, they, you know, they, they blame God. It's a free will flip-flopping. Uh, it's out of control. It's one or the other, you know. It's always like when it's most convenient for them, they'll say, well, that was God's will. But when it's more convenient for them to take you know, it's just... Uh, a capricious, like, selfish, you know, whatever feels best at the time, the, the free will is either there or it isn't. Nick, that kind is... Of, you know, they're not consistent. Absolutely. Let's talk more about this. In other words, like, in religion, in Judaism, Christianity, like, let's say you go to a doctor and he saves your life, right? A, a nine-hour operation. Thank God. You know, thank God that, that God allowed the doctor to do this, that God saved the person's life. If you, you know, if you win this major award... Thank God, thank goodness, because we know that, you know, it wasn't up to us, you know, we were lucky. But, but, but you make so like... But they could take it the other way around, too. When good things happen, it's them, and when bad things happen, it's God. Oh, yeah, but ordinarily... Although they could take it any which way, but it's not consistent. No, I don't. How would you know when there's free will and when there isn't even, you know, that's crazy. It's either all free will or, you know, it's not half and half. That's very, that's very true. And again, this is episode number 190. So we've, we've gone through episodes how we explain how we can't have a part free will, like part of what we do is, is freely willed and another part isn't. You know, all this stuff is completely logical. But again, to answer your, your question, we need um, more books like the, the, the ones you've written, the ones I've written. You know, we need to, more people to hear this, more magazine articles. You know, eventually they, they want to teach this in schools because this is science. This is no less science. Than, than is and was evolution. Right. It's in God's hands. <laughs> okay. Who understands? And, uh, and you bring up great points. So, like, here's the thing. So, like, this is challenging to us because, like, we like to believe that God is all good. Our you know, I like to believe that, but, like, you know, when we understand that nothing is up to us, when, the, when we do something wrong and God, it's God making us do this, then obviously, I mean, God says it himself. If you look in the Bible, the Old Testament, not even the New, God in Isaiah says, I create light, I create darkness, I create good, I create evil. All right, so God himself is, is like stating in, in, in the Old Testament that he, he's responsible for, for both good and evil, but a lot of people don't like to understand that we don't have a free will because it means that God is responsible for, for, excuse me, for both good and evil. And I've got one answer to this. Do you want, do you want to, like, describe my answer? Uh, why, 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 how we can absolve God of even evil? He doesn't have a free will either? Yeah, the, the causal regression. Go ahead. We've got four minutes. All right, basically, like, I mean, th this isn't completely satisfactory, but it, it kind of works. So, like, the reason we don't have a free will is because we have any decision we make, you know, it, it, is, it has a cause to it, and there's a cause to that and a cause to that, and this chain of cause and effect regresses back to before we were born, back to even before the, the universe was created, well, the known universe was created with the Big Bang, right? We can apply the same principle to God. In other words, like, if we were to assign fundamental responsibility to something that evil that God did, we would have to reach a point in the past where we could say, oh yeah, at this point God decided to, to, to like a few billion years later, have this evil happen, but we can never reach this point because what happens is with this chain of cause and effect, 
it never stops going back. I mean, ultimately, it transcends logic. I mean, our mind can't <coughs> conceive a of a beginning of everything, you know, and God is by definition, you know, um, eternal. So if, if we <laughs> define God as being eternal, God always existed. So this chain of cause and effect never reaches a point where you can blame God for anything. This is a great way to absolve God. So you agree this is what they call the biggest elephant in the room, this free will determinism debate. And uh, we're, your aim of the show and the meetups and the books is to let's start talking about the elephant in the room. You know what I mean by elephant in the room. It's a big uh, yes, issue I that nobody wants to talk about. It's politically incorrect. It's basically taboo. And as human beings, we've discussed everything publicly except this. I mean, I see, uh, I, mean, I know you don't like when I, you know, I see erectile dysfunction ads on, I, you know, I see all kinds of, you know, you got Bruce Jenner with the transgender issue now, oh, out in the open, porn on every internet site that you had a five-year-old can download. What other, uh, gay marriage, uh, every kind of issue has been discussed in public that's been previously taboo or not allowed, except do human beings have free will? I, I would like to know when will a political leader utter such an in, what's politically incorrect, just to even open the window to the debate hasn't happened. Yeah, and all right. Why is it so politically incorrect? Well, because like politi politicians like to please their constituents, you know, and, and people don't like to hear that they don't have a free will. Our politicians aren't all that bright. Uh, what I mean by politically incorrect, why is it so cocktail party incorrect? I mean, in other words, you could actually be at a, at a party and talk about anything else, but if you start saying, I don't believe in free will, it, it really gets people upset. They don't yeah, want to talk about it's it. It's because, like, when you're faced with an inconvenient truth, like with climate change, you know, like, it's, uh, at first, it's really scary. It's really unpleasant. But, like, you know, as the years go by, our, our, it's like with Darwin, Darwin evolution. When it first came out, people were, like, up in arms. But, like, you know, 150 years later, we accept it. But you're right. You're absolutely right. It's, it's not political yet because, like, people don't like to hear When this. I say politically incorrect, Sometimes. I'm really talking about just regular people discussing it. They'll discuss it at a philosophy meetup or your meetup, actually philosophy meetups are usually don't even discuss free will, it's other things at your meetup. So just, it's, it's like the biggest elephant in the room in the history of time. Uh, for people who don't know what elephant in the room is, that's an idiomatic expression in English meaning there's a huge looming issue that nobody wants to address. It would be like if there was an elephant, a literal an elephant in the room and George and I didn't discuss it. We would just ignore it. So free will being an illusion is the big elephant in the room of, in history. And we're, our show, your show, is to get the ball rolling just to start having awareness to, you know, you hear Hollywood stars at the Oscars bring up all kinds of things, you know, anti-suicide, anti-this, but no one's ever said, I don't believe in free will yet. Uh, and an award dude, show. Dude, you're, all right, we got about... They do sometimes, thank God, though. No, I know. We got, I want them to say, I don't believe in free will. Free will is an illusion. I hear you. I want that, too. We got about 20 right, go seconds ahead. left. And that's why we did this episode. This episode, Free Will Belief... Um, punishment, free will, self-blame, punishment, and depression. To the extent that people understood the harm that free will belief causes us as individuals and those we love in the world, they would, they would want to listen to this. Thanks for watching. We'll be back again with many more episodes. Appreciate it.